Fellow worshippers, thank you for this courtesy of inviting me to speak here on our National Holocaust Memorial Day. I think of Oriel according to its Hebrew main meaning, God is my light. And it reminds me of the evening prayer which parents often say to their children. It goes like this. In the name of the Lord God of Israel, on my right hand is Michael, who is like God. On my left, Gabriel, God is my strength. Before me, Oriel, God is my light. Behind me, Raphael, God is my healing. And over my head, is the presence of God. It's so important that we speak to each other and hear each other, Christians and Jews and also those of other faiths. My grandfather was a rabbi in Frankfurt for 30 years before he managed in April 1939 to flee to this country. And I found only recently that he'd left a testament of what it had been like to be a leader of the Jewish community during the years of Nazi domination from 33 to 39, before he escaped. And the worst incident of all he recorded, and one would have thought that it was trivial, was overhearing a conversation between a group of schoolboys in which several were surrounding one of them and saying, no, no, you did talk to him. And the poor little boy answering back, I swear I never spoke to that Jew and trying to get away with it. Genocides took a kind of step closer to me in two unexpected ways in the last few months. Although growing up in a family of refugees from Germany, it was really always part of my consciousness. It happened like this. One of them was a, an unexpected phone call. Would I officiate at a funeral? A lady was dying. She'd had dementia for many years. And no friends, no family. Almost all that was known was that she came sometime probably in 1938 on the kinder transport, which brought almost 10,000 children without their parents to this country. Of course, I said, yes. I've never, I've never officiated a, at a funeral where there aren't the minimum quorum in Jewish tradition of 10. On this occasion, we were five, myself and my son, and three of the social workers who'd cared for this lady. I asked them, what was she like? And they said, well, she didn't have a memory. There were no personal letters in her room. She'd been from institution to institution since the trauma of her arrival in this country, and therefore all her effects were long since gone. But she was kind. She liked Jewish tradition. 
She would always greet one warmly. She'd obviously come from an observant Jewish home. And we buried her. And it made me think, from all parts of the world, of those who carry their suffering in loneliness through all their days. The second event was very different. For causes and connections I, I, I can't really fully recall, I've become quite close to some of the leaders of the Congolese community in exile in this country. People will know that what's happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo really defies description, a, a, a lawlessness which leaves everyone naked to what anyone could do to them and their families. And we had a gathering at, at my synagogue. And I was speaking to several of the people. They came from all over the country. And one man, I said, and are your family here? No, he said. Do you hear from them? And he just turned his face to the wall. And another person, I, I was talking to him, and as one does as a gesture of friendliness, I put my hand to touch his arm, and I realized that beneath the sleeve, that wasn't an arm. There was something of metal, a prosthesis, and you don't know then, and you don't want to ask what happened. So, so it's around us. It, 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 it isn't far away. And then one, one asks oneself, because one must ask oneself, so, so what can one do for healing? There is that beautiful verse from, in Jewish tradition, the last of the prophets, Malachi, and the sun shall shine with healing on its wings. Is there anything I can do? And I'll go on to, to suggest three dimensions and then I'll, I'll stop. The, the first is, really, there are people who carry wounds in their hearts whom it is up to us to look after. There are such organizations as the Medical Foundation for the Care for Victims of Torture, the Helen Bamba Trust, but people may be nearer to us than we think. A friend of mine who, who runs groups for such organisations talked about the first meeting of a group of such a people. He said the first meetings are always awkward, full of silence. And then one man had to go to the bathroom. It was a whole business, reaching down for his crutches, making his way to the door. He said for the five minutes he was out, the group sat in silence. And when he came up, and this man who was struggling was from North Africa. Someone else in the group who had fled Iran said, what did they do to you, brother? And he said that word, brother, changed the group. And it's a word we perhaps should consider saying, brother, sister, 
to people who may be near us who need to hear it from us. So there's the, the healing. But there's also, better than healing, there is the question of are there things that happen in our world which we could have prevented? There's an extremely disturbing Jewish teaching in the Talmud, that compendium of Jewish law and law, which says that anybody who has influence over their family or their society and fails to exercise it will be held accountable. So do we write in the press? Do we have the courage to say no when racist ideas are expressed? When people who are the victims of the abuse of power feel that nobody remembers their names or speaks out on their behalf? I think it's impossible to have a good conscience on that level. And our responsibilities lie always before us. And we never know what difference we might make. So there's the social and the political dimension. And then, and lastly, and it's most fitting in a, a place of worship, there's faith. Tomorrow, I'm responsible for conducting a memorial service for Roman Halter, artist, architect. Some of his paintings are in the Imperial War Museum. He survived the Lodge Ghetto, Auschwitz-Birkenau, and slave labour in Dresden to become a successful public figure, a voice for survivors. And he, he, he asked me a few years ago, he said, when they got out of those trucks in Auschwitz-Birkenau, there was an, an atmosphere of profound fear but one person who is left, he said, walked calmly, reciting words. And he asked me, what's the source of those words? They're in fact from Psalm 31, a psalm we share. Into God's hand I entrust my spirit. I think the meaning of faith, it's not, as it were, the last act and hope here. The faith one needs to bring healing is the faith that every human being, irrespective of colour or creed or national origins, their spirit and their soul are in God's care. And therefore we are completely responsible towards them. May it be God's will that we should have the capacity to bring healing and the courage to do so.